This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. I'm actually re-recording the beginning of this episode right now. Uh, I did a little something that goofed it up and didn't discover it until I listened to the playback on Saturday night uh, on ZTalk Radio. And I went, eh, you know, I got time. Let's, uh, let's fix that error. So what you missed, I'm not going to go through the whole thing in detail, of what I talked about at the top of the show. But uh, I did the little ad that I do for Nostalgia Zone, uh, the comic book store at which I work, uh, nostalgiazone.com. If you collect comic books, go check out our website. You can become a member of our membership and save 10% and and earn points towards saving more in the future and you know other deals. So just if you're into comic books, check out our website. It's nostalgiazone.com. Uh, this portion of the show, I'm recording from my living room, and I have my dog on my lap. So she's sleeping right now, and let's hope uh, she stays that way. Um, I then talked about a uh, some comic books that I had ordered from another company, not Nostalgia Zone, uh, the company is down in Texas. It's called uh, MyComicShop.com. Uh, this comic book store used to exist, an actual physical brick-and-mortar store. I guess they had more than one location down there. And they called it Lone Star Comics. And I talk about how I used to go through them way back in the day. Uh, but then recently I found out that uh, they morphed into an online-only comic book store and they call themselves my comic shop uh, and uh, I'd ordered some stuff uh, a week ago Saturday and I got the UPS information and I kept trying to track it throughout the entire week last week and it the UPS kept saying we don't have a package and then I reached out to them through their 800 number uh, through emailing and through their Facebook page to try to figure out what's going on because the voicemail for their 800 number kept saying that I needed to call during business hours while well, I was calling during business hours. So turns out down in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, they had a winter storm, a lot of ice. And apparently that's enough to kind of lock things down. And so they were out of their uh, uh, office uh, through most of the week. And they didn't get back in until Friday. And they did respond to me, and they let me know that was going on. And I told them, well, ain't winter fun? And that's where I'm going to let myself uh, walk out here 
and then you can just uh, the what's going to follow is the show taking over from where I left off when I had said ain't winter fun and then I start talking about how uh, we had a pretty cold week and some of the some of the fun I got to have so take it away me from a couple days ago uh, because winter is just a pain in the ass and it's getting uh, we just got through possibly the coldest uh, stretch so far uh, there was a cold stretch in December if I remember correctly. But we got through a pretty cold stretch this past week. Temperatures got way down there at night. And wouldn't you know it, uh, Thursday, I go visit a friend. And uh, I, I'm still driving the, the, the loner car. We still don't have our Kia Soul back, which I would kind of like to get it back. Because as much as I'm enjoying this loner car, it's still a big car. And getting it in and out of the garage, is always a little tension there because it's so big. It's such a wide car. But we get it in. You know, There's no problem. We can do it. But and it sits lower to the ground, and I'm older, and it's not as easy to get in and out of that kind of thing. The stuff is going, you know, it's it's I'm ready to have my car back, but uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> so I get I, I, I'm leaving uh, my friend's place, it's after 10 o'clock, it's cold, it's at that point, it's like 10 below zero, and this is Fahrenheit, mind you. Leave the house and get in the car, and I get the warning that the tire pressure is low. And this particular car, on the dashboard, they show you a diagram of the car, and they show you which of the four tires is low. And it was the rear passenger tire. Now, uh, the, the, the pressure is supposed to be at uh, uh, 35 pounds per square inch. And it was at 29. And that was registering as that that's too low. you got to get some air in there. And the other tires were at 30 or 31 pounds. So all of them needed to get some air in them. But it was enough for me to drive home. I have a little uh, air compressor in the garage. And so, isn't this great? <laughs> Coldest night of the year, and i got to be filling the tires with air. And as I'm driving home, I realize I don't have the tire gauge. I'm, I probably have one around the house somewhere, probably. But uh, the tire gauge that we have is in the car. It's in the Kia, which is being worked on. I didn't even think that I would need a tire gauge for the rental car, but why not? They, they have the same kinds of stuff happening to them as, as cars that you own, right? So I'm driving, I was driving home, and I thought, how in the hell am I going to know how much pressure to put in? Because uh, the little gauge on the air compressor isn't quite as accurate as, as I would like it to be. And it dawned on me. Well, I'm still seeing the on the on the dashboard the little graphic showing the, the which tires low I'm still seeing that and as as I'm driving and this happens when you drive the air in the tire starts to you know the you know the air molecules in there start to move around a little bit faster which causes the, it to expand a little bit so you, the pressure in your tires actually goes up a little bit as you drive them so it, it they started to you know the tire that was at 29 pounds by the time I got it home was at uh, 30 pounds or 31 pounds and the other tires had bumped up to 33 or 34 pounds um, uh, according to the dashboard the information there and I thought okay they're showing the numbers changing as I'm driving so that means if I put air in if I can keep this graphic on the dashboard I can use the car to tell me how much pressure I've got in the in the tires and added bonus I can keep the car running with the heat in there I can get everything hooked up turn on the air compressor and go sit in the driver's seat and watch until it gets to 35 pounds and get out and 
turn I'm going to switch it to the next tire. So there's a couple pounds more than what it calls for in each of the tires, but that should be okay, I hope. So they're not too overinflated, but yeah, but better to have them a little bit more than a little bit less, I think. I believe that's uh, probably a good idea. But anyway, it's as close as I could get it without having a tire gauge in my hand out there. And if I had, I'd been so cold because I'd be outside the car the whole time. But so it worked out. So all right, fine. Winter, ain't it fun? So speaking of, uh, speaking of the Nostalgia Zone store and working Saturdays here, uh, it, sometimes it gets, it can get kind of busy. We're only open two to six and thus far, uh, you know, for in-store traffic, you can shop online 24 hours a day. We'll ship anywhere. Uh, I think we just shipped something out to Australia, you know, so, you know, we'll ship anywhere. Um, and it can get kind of busy on a Saturday. Uh, the, we open the doors at two. I think we're open. Well, yeah, the days that we're open is Wednesday through Saturday, and it's just two to six. So it's for four-hour stretch. People can come in and browse around the store and and buy stuff, and you know, it's 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 a, it, it can like I said, it can get kind of busy. And we were having a little bit of a busy day last Saturday. We did pretty well in sales for one day, and uh, it just you know just not long after two. Uh, an old fellow walks in, an old white guy in his 70s. He comes walking in. Now, we still ask people to wear masks in, in the store. Our store is not huge, and the nature of comic book buying is that you browse a lot, that you're looking through a lot. You, you can be here for an hour looking through things. You know, customers, it's, it's not uncommon for them to be here for quite a while, just looking through stuff and trying to make decisions whether they want to buy something or not or what they want to buy, all that kind of stuff. Just looking and enjoying looking through the stuff that's part of the fun of comic book stores is doing that. It's just browsing through. Just what's the, what do they have? Ooh, maybe, you know, getting ideas for future purchases and such. So, um, and because it's a smaller store and people are lingering and COVID is still a thing, y'all, we ask people to wear masks. And not only that, we provide masks. I, every couple of weeks I go out and I buy 50 masks and I bring them into the store and so that, and we put them out and say, just, we've got masks for you. We've had a few people turn and say, man, forget it, and then leave. But most everybody just puts it on uh, without any kind of, oh, no problem, I can do that. And I always thank them. Thanks, we really appreciate it. And sometimes if they ask, we say, well, we have a couple of family members related to the folks that work in the store that have uh, health issues that if they would, were to get COVID, it could be pretty bad. So we're being careful. Maybe more than, more careful than we need to be, but we're being careful. So this old fart, white guy, I'm going to stress that because this will come into it. He comes in, and I, he's not wearing the mask, and it doesn't look like he starts to step in a little bit, and then I stop him. I say, can you uh, put a mask on for, for me, please? We have some right down the front of the store. And he, he does. He puts it on, and then he comes up to the counter, and he starts, you know, he's an expert on masks because, well, you know, he's watched a doctor on YouTube. He's an expert on masks. And he starts telling me, you know, they're only 2% effective. And at, at this point, I've got a customer standing in front of me uh, get, a, asking me some questions, getting some answers on some, some books that she wants to buy, and we're kind of looking through things, and I'm figuring out what the price is on them and that. So I'm working with her, and then he's, he's giving me this, this, this information about masks. Yeah. 
And I, I said, well, at one point I said, well, 2% is better than zero. But I don't know. I mean, I, I looked online and I saw that there's some, because I, I was going to, there was things that I would have liked to have said to him, but yeah, it's not probably the best thing to do when you're in a, you know, in a customer service kind of thing. Uh, I was going to, you know, I, I did say to him, because he, he brings up the, well, the germs and the viruses that we breathe out are much smaller than the mesh of a mask, and they pass right through. And I said, yes, but the most of that stuff is contained within our breath, which is little droplets of, of, of water. And that is, you know, those little droplets of water are too big to get through the mask. They just sail right through. So maybe some of the germs and virus get through the mask, but not all of it, and because it's contained within the drops. I mean, it's been two and a half years since we've been doing the mask thing. You'd think people would get this figured out. So I, I, I try, you know, I try uh, to be diplomatic, but I, at this point, I just keep. I, I'm not going to respond at much. It's just going to be. It's more like a uh huh. Hmm. You know, more like that kind of response. You know, because he says, you know, some doctor on the, you know, he saw on YouTube or whatever he saw, it just blows cigarette smoke or cigar smoke right through a mask. It just blows right through it. Now, I've looked into this a little bit. He's probably talking more of the cloth masks, the fabric masks, those kinds, because they're, they're the cloth fabric, you know, they, they say, well, you know, a double or triple layer of those are better. But the kind of masks that you get, those paper type masks, that's the kind we get for the store. Those are better than cloth masks, and they, they do better to hold the virus in, but, but not as well as the next one up, which is a KN95, which is the kind of mask that I wear at the store. That's, that's even better at keeping stuff in, which is almost as good as the N95 mask, which you know, does a lot better of keeping stuff in. But I, I, as I said, I looked online and I saw that there's some study or there's, there's some call for a, 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 a really systematic study of do surgeons wearing masks, does that really help in keeping down post-operative infections? Does it really protect the patient? I don't know. This might be a question I should send to the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Uh, the host of that show is Dr. Steve Novella. He is an, he, he is an actual medical doctor. He's a neurologist. He, he, he knows this kind of stuff. I'm thinking I put something together and say, what do we know about the effectiveness of masks in surgery? Because I know that masks started being used in America commonly in the operating room in about the 1930s. And it was my understanding that infection rates went down. But I could be wrong. I could. I can't. I'm, there's some stuff that I can't find because there's a paywall, <laughs> and it's written in a study that I. It's in language that is just a little bit above my pay grade or whatever. Uh, but somebody like Dr. Steve Novella, he understands these studies. He's studied it. He's you know he's learned this kind of stuff, so he might be able to shed uh, some light on this. So I think I might send something to them just to say, hey, what do we know about the effectiveness of masks? As pertains to you know uh, surgeons and surgical staffs in operating rooms to protect the patients, is there is there something there, uh, or is it not that effective? I, or should who knows? We know washing hands works. Uh, that, that that there was a doctor way back, I think in the late 1800s, I think, noticed that when doctors would work on cadavers, and then they would go and deliver babies that the mortality rate was pretty high among babies and the moms. Uh, 
Uh, and he thought, hmm, maybe if we washed our hands in between dealing with cadavers or dealing with other patients and then dealing with that, maybe we washed our hands, that might help. And he started doing it, and he noticed that the mortality rate, the infection rate, or the, you know, the illness rate started to go down. And he tried to convince his fellow doctors of this, and at that time they were thinking, you can't possibly th suggest that doctors could spread germs, or I'm not even sure how big on the germ theory they were at that point. But eventually, the, 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 the profession of uh, you know, the medical science, if you will, uh, realized that, yeah, washing hands is what we do. And you see doctors, you know, they'll sanitize their hands. They'll, you know, nurses do it after, they, after they're in with a patient. They might be wearing gloves. Take the gloves off, sanitize their hands, so they go on to the next place. And it, or they, you know, they wash their hands in between them. I back in the day before the gloves wearing became you know, as ubiquitous as it is now, at the medical uh, clinics and wearing masks. When you just go in, you know, in the before times, the doctor would come in, walk over to the sink, wash their hands. And it's how are you doing. It's, it's it, that's what they would do. Or they'd come in with the the little foam thing on the wall. They do that and they do that and they shake your hand after sanitizing their hands. And they do that as they walk out the room. So. You know, but I'd like to find out. I have more about what this old fart had to say <laughs> last Saturday, but I'm going to have to get to that after this break. Uh, you are listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, sit back, enjoy this break. I'll be back shortly. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio's Redheaded Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Oh, that'll wake you up. <laughs> Track's a little uh, louder. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, that was the that was the replacements and their song, their classic, "Dope Smoking Moron." Uh, welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host Jim, Doctor Dim Simmons. I was talking about. 
this customer, an old fart, guy in his 70s, comes in and he tries to school me on the effectiveness of masks. And I, you know, I don't know. Because one of the things I thought of saying to him, because th there was things going on in my mind, but I was keeping my mouth shut because <laughs> customer service is not always a good idea. I said, oh, okay, so I suppose next time you get surgery, you're going to just tell your surgical staff to just remove their masks, right? You know, uh, which then again brought up this whole idea. Do the masks work? How, how effective are they? Which is, I'll ask the SU, I'll do it for you. I'll see if they answer. We'll see if there's something that comes out of it. I don't know. I, I, maybe I can. Uh, I have a. Uh, I have a friend who's a, a physician's assistant. I can ask her what she knows about it, and to see if you know, ask some people that might have a little more expertise in this kind of thing than I do. So that's what you do. You find out from experts, right? But you got to vet those experts, because Graham Hancock is not an expert in archaeology. He's not. He's just some guy that thinks that brown people couldn't do what what they managed to do way back in the old days. That's, you know, building pyramids and all this shit. He always, he, it's, oh, there's some great society that was before them, and they were, no, you know, I don't know, maybe he's not upset about brown people exactly, but he just doesn't think the ancient humans could do it. And I, as I said a couple weeks ago, ancient humans were as smart as we are, or pretty close to as smart as we are. There's been some evidence that our IQ levels go up, you know, have been increasing over the generations. But really... You know, they were you're basically just as smart as we are, and they could figure things out. They just didn't have the whole knowledge base thing that we have now. And a thousand years from now, assuming we survive, assuming that we we get you know, you know we don't blow ourselves up or allow climate change to uh, make the planet uh, unlivable for most human beings, if we if we find a way to get past all that, let's you know we you know, we'll have a knowledge base. That'll be even broader than what we've got right now. And so, you know, it's just, that's how things have been working. And let's hope that's how they continue to work. Uh, anyway, so so then <clears throat> this guy, he moves, uh, you know, he's at the front of the store now. I, I'm, behind, I'm, I'm behind the showcases where we got our big books, you know, big, big higher price books and our special ones. And, and he's looking at some stuff and he's interested in getting something that's fairly expensive, which is cool. But he starts going on about, I guess, the wokeism in comic books. And again, I've, st I've still got this one customer in front of me. It's a, it's a young woman. And I, you know, I'm dealing with her and I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to rise to this guy. And he starts going on about, you know, you know, the people got all upset about, you know, the, the way, you know, black people were drawn. You know, they're goofy looking, uh, the, the way they're, they're drawn back then. But goofy looking white people were drawn in comic books too. Well, nobody was upset about the goofy looking white people. Now, I'm biting my tongue. I'm not rising. Although I did say, yeah, there was that character, 8-Ball. <laughs> and there's this other character by a brilliant artist, Will Eisner. It's 
brilliant, brilliant artist. He just, uh, uh, he was a comic book illustrator. He wrote a book about, you know, sequential art and about how to tell a story doing comic book style art. Uh, you know, showing you different angles and how that affects what you, what's, what mood you want to get going, uh, what, you, what, you, what you want to tell for your story, how to, f how to have good flow on your pages, and just, uh, he was, and he was just brilliant. He was just really a great artist. He had a character called Ebony White. Ebony White was drawn in the most racially stereotypical way that black people were depicted back in the 1940s when he was working on stuff and, and, and prior to that. Big lips, bug eyes, just, you know, subservient to the white guy, just not kind. And, and, and Eisner had said later on in life that he did, he does cringe when he would look back at some of that stuff and he tried to find ways to improve it uh but you know it's uh, it's a learning process but it just was terrible and then the eight ball character they mentioned was uh, a short-lived character that was that was even worse in in its depiction than ebony white now when i post this stuff on the show notes when i do that and do the show notes on my on my website uh, dimland.com go there click on the blogs uh the show notes blog op option You'll get to this week's show notes. I'm not going to actually have pictures of these guys up. I'll just have links to things. There's an article that you can check out that uh, I've pulled some stuff on. It's a it's a blog piece on. Uh, uh, where's my piece of paper? Oh, shoot, it's about uh, oh crap. <laughs> oh there it is. <laughs> so much paper down here. Um, it's the um, I think it's the Comic Journal. Uh, it's at. Uh, tcj.com tcj.com there's an article by Jeet here Jeet here and it's racism as a stylistic choice and other notes this is from uh, I think it was written up in 2011 I think yeah March of 2011 so uh, and it's got some information in there and uh, so I'll link to that so you can just You'll get the you'll get the you'll see what it's like, and even I don't know if the bloggers necessarily agreeing with my point, but uh, so this customer, the old fart white guy, is curious. It's like you know you know nobody's so that upset about the goofy looking white people that were drawn. Why so you know? And I don't respond because well you'll know why. Because uh, uh, it's customer service. I don't want to be... Huh, you know. uh, fortunately, the boss was here by then. And he can see that I'm having a time. <laughs> he can see it in my eyes. He can see my posture. He can, you know, I'm trying. And so it, the boss redirects the attention of this particular customer. So it's just the boss and this guy talking. He just kind of redirects this guy's attention away from me and everybody else in the store because this guy would talk loud enough. Now, the, here's the difference. I mentioned this to somebody I work with, and they nailed it right away. They said that's right the thing that I was thinking. Yeah, there were drawings of goofy-looking white people. You know, Popeye looks goofy, right? There were depictions of, uh, you know, within Will Eisner's work, he'd have some goofy-looking, you know, white people in there. Will Eisner himself was white, but he's also Jewish, so he had, he should have had some understanding of prejudice towards a group, 
You know, he should have had some understanding of that, but uh, uh, which is probably why when he looked back on his work later in life, he'd, he'd cringe at some of the stuff that he had done. But it just didn't occur to him, I guess. And there was some pushback at the time. People back in those days, there were people that would, uh, would, would say the depiction of black folks in particular, but Asian folks and all kinds of other folks, was just uh, not accurate. It's not fair. It's not, it's not representative of the, the people, that, who they were. And, and the difference here, okay, so goofy-looking white people, yes, but most, you know, I mean, who was drawing those comic books with the goofy-looking white people and the goofy-looking black folks and the goofy-looking other ethnic minorities and such. Who was drawing them? White people. They were drawing them. And in the 1940s, although it, it, you know, it was not impossible for white people to in America to go through their daily lives without ever encountering a minority or just rarely encountering a minority. Not really even knowing them, not going to school with them, not you know some there might be a few in the school, but usually it's mostly white kids. When I was I was going to grade school in the seventies, mostly white kids. Yeah, it's just that's what it was. There was a you know, a black kid here or there, you know, an Asian kid here or there, but it was mostly white kids, and it's just. So when you you have a limited experience with a a group of people when the stereotypes are being laid out as a as a representation of that group of people and that becomes your exposure to that group of people how fair is that how right is that how moral is that i mean there was a time i look back at things and think jeez <laughs> oh you know from my own lifetime yeah, uh, uh, um, um, the song by Dire Straits, uh, "Money for Nothing." Now, this isn't a racial thing. This is this is a gay thing, right? "Money for Nothing" is about a couple of guys that are moving furniture and that, and they're looking at rock stars that appear to, you know, get their money for nothing and their chicks for free. I mean, that's it's that's it's this whole thing of it. It's like we're working hard, but we don't have chicks dripping off of us, and we're barely you know making a living. And these guys, you know. These guys who get to do all this kind of stuff. And there's a sequence in that song, may have talked about it before, I had forgotten about until I listened to the song fairly recently. The album cut. And I think this, it, it, it was familiar enough to me to know that this was on the radio. This got played, or at least I, I heard it when, I, I'm pretty sure it got on the radio. There was, a, there was a section of the sign where three times they used what's called the new F word, for gay f folks, you know the word that's a bundle of a bundle of twigs, or is the British uh, slang for a cigarette? You know what I mean. The character that Mark Knopfler was singing about, or from his perspective in the song, uses that word three times. Yeah, buddy, that's it. That little f word with the earring and the makeup. Yeah, buddy, that's his own hair. Excuse me, I gotta. <coughs> Sorry about that. I had to clear my throat. Three times. And when I listened to that song more recently, I was just, oh, I was, I was aghast. Holy shit! This was, this was, this was not even batted an eye at by me. 
as a kid hearing that song, so yeah, okay. It just it's it 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 stunned me. So this is how we advance. This is how we wake up. Remember the 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 opposite of woke is asshole. If you're refusing to to understand the sensitivity of another group to being called something, to being depicted as something, if you're you know so oh well we have to cancel it. You're who's the snowflake? You're the snowflake, and you're the asshole. So as I said, you know, it's, this 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 blog that uh, that that looks into the the character of, of Ebony White and some of the racial stereotyping going back in the in those days in comic books and comic strips and that. In 1947, it tells the story of the Little Red Schoolhouse on Bleecker Street in, in New York, and it was a progressive interracial school. And this is 1947. They wrote letters, the students there wrote letters uh, complaining about the character uh, uh, 8-Ball, Little 8-Ball. Little 8-Ball is what the character was called. Uh, here's the response that they they received from Oscar uh, Lebeck of Dell, Dell Publishing. Dell did comic books and uh, such back then. Dear boys and girls, oh, and just the echoes of what this old fart, that white guy that came into the store, it, it's right in here. You know, this, 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 you know, it's right in here. Dear boys and girls, aren't you a little unfair to imply that our, our, that our editors discriminated against the colored people in our little eight ball stories? I can assure all of you that it was not our intention to make fun of the Negroes, as you put it in your letter. You were right, or if you were right, wouldn't we also discriminate against all the white children when a, when when uh, there are caricatures of boys and girls, much as in our little Lulu strips or Henry or many others? Should we leave out the Irish cop, the funny Italian organ grinder, or the fat German delicatessen owner, etc., etc.? However, in order to that there be, should be no doubt in anybody's mind. I have decided to discontinue the little eight ball stories effective with the September issue. We certainly do not want, in these troubled times, to do anything which might cause friction and dampen the efforts to build a happy and peaceful world. I mean, yes, yes, you should stop the, the, the just depicting the, uh, the Irish cop and the funny Italian organ grinder. He probably said Italian. And the German delicatessen fella. Yes. Yeah. But to see the difference, and again, as I mentioned it, 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 it is, you know, the, the, the caricatures of boys and girls, white boys and girls, well, white kids knew other white kids, and they knew other white people. They were, they were encountering white people every day. They knew that these were caricatures. They might not have known that the only depiction they see of black people, or the major, uh, or the majority of the depiction they see of black people and other ethnic minorities in movies, on television, if there was television at the time, radio, in comic books, they they might not have known uh, other people on a daily basis that were of those skin colors, and understood that hey, they're people just like us. There's goofy ones, sure, but there's plenty of just normal people living their lives. Going to work, raising families, paying taxes, going to school, doing their stuff. 
trying to strive for a better life, just like everybody else. And there were probably plenty of, you know, more progressive kids and more progressive families that realized that this is not, you know, looking at little eight ball, little white folks would say, little eight ball is just, this is horrific. This is, I don't want my kid reading that. There, it, there was probably that going on at the time. And then, of course, there were activist groups for these minorities that were speaking up. You know, the NAACP was speaking up about this kind of stuff. But there was a whole bunch of people that probably just like, just didn't even think about it. Because, yeah, this, yeah, didn't even think about it. Because they didn't know otherwise. At least that's what I think. Have I come up to my next break? What the hell time is it? Yes, I have. Uh, you're listening to <laughs> you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Doctor. Oh, before I go, I gotta say this. <clears throat> it was I, I once everything was settled at this this point at the in the day at the store, and the old fart left, and I was done with dealing with a bunch of customers and things had settled down because it got kind of uh, busy for a moment there. And I was just concentrating on getting stuff done. Uh, once that had taken place, and it was a little quiet in the store, I was able to thank the boss for taking that fellow aside. He said, oh yeah, I could tell, I could see it. And I said, yeah, he said, because I got that close to telling him to fuck off. <clears throat> You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'll be back after this break. I'll be Hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Influenza season is upon us, and it can be a killer. But it's not too late to vaccinate. Usually, most cases of influenza in Minnesota don't even occur until January or February, and the season lasts all the way through April. Get a flu shot now, and you'll protect not only yourself, but those around you. See your doctor or visit mdhflu.com to find a flu clinic near you. This message from the Minnesota Department of Health. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. And 
welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I've calmed down over those couple of minutes. Um, speaking of the SGU, that's the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, uh, they, uh, on, their, on a recent uh, podcast of theirs, they had uh, mentioned uh, that if, you were, if your refrigerator is more than 10 years old, you should replace it. Because the newer models are much more efficient uh, with uh, energy use and that. Uh, you're wasting a lot of energy on, on your refrigerator. And, and, and <laughs> I, um, now I agree that that's probably a good idea. Our refrigerator happens to be about I don't know, 20 years old. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not made of money uh, the way the uh, SGU people apparently seem to be. Because nobody batted an eye at this. Steve Novella, who is a neurologist, sure makes plenty of money doing that. His wife does some kind of job where she probably makes plenty of money. They're probably doing just fine. You know, financially. He he's he was saying, you know, it's, if you if you get uh, a new refrigerator, you know, the the efficiency of them, uh, the by the energy that you'll save in in running them lower energy bills and that kind of thing, it'll pay for itself in a couple of years or whatever. All right? I say, he said, I'm not talking about the, the $20,000 refrigerator. I mean, you know, the three $4,000 one. And I, three or $4,000 for a refrigerator? What, what, what does this thing do? <laughs> it's, Three to four thousand dollars, and no one else on the show had a reaction. It was just, yeah. Was it? Is this the one that's got the TV in it? Like you need a TV on your refrigerator? Is this the? I and my friend Craig was saying that there's a there's a YouTube channel. I'll get the information from him so I can link to it that where a guy tells you about appliances and, and saving energy and all this kind of stuff. And he was apparently this guy was saying about refrigerators, you know, don't get the ice in the door kind of thing. That what a waste that is and all that kind of stuff. And there's a reason for it and all that. So I, I'll I'll link to that kind of stuff. I'll have to I'll have to talk, uh, reach out to Craig and get that information from him. Uh, and, and I'll put it in the show notes. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes blog option, you'll get to it. So. I, I, I mean, three to four thousand dollars. That's a refrigerator, a washer and dryer, and maybe an oven. <laughs> you know, a, a, an electric one or a gas-powered one. Don't worry, the Sleepy Joe's not coming to take your gas-powered oven from you. Oh, Jesus Christ! You know, it's just the Republican Party. All they are, at least this seems to me, and maybe it's I'm a little biased, but it seems to me that their whole the modus operandi is to keep the old people scared. We gotta keep them scared because then they keep voting for us. God. Anyway, three to four thousand dollars. I thought maybe seven or eight hundred dollars for a refrigerator, and I went on the Home Depot site and I looked up some refrigerators, and I saw yes, I could get a refrigerator for. Seven hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars. I don't need to get all this other stuff with an ice maker and all this kind of shit. In fact, the refrigerator I've got has an interior ice maker thing. I took out the mechanism and put it on top of the refrigerator because we don't 
need because we'd have to hook it up to a water source for one thing, and we don't want to go through all that plumbing nonsense. And then, so since we're not doing that, just take it out so we get a little more room in the in the freezer. We use the tray that the ice is supposed to go in to put in put stuff in that tray, not ice, just you know other things. But it's just it was it's not necessary. Just get some trays and make. How much ice are you going through? So anyway, um, I know this is going to be. Let's see how much time. What time are we? How are we going here? This is going to be the third week in a row. Hang on a second. Let me get me. Let me get to the sounder. This is going to be the third week in a row that I've done. Uh, let's see if I can't see it. I'm going to do one of these. It's not true. It's not true. I'm telling you, cause I'm up here and you're nowhere. It's not true. Okay, what's not true? Don't play the next song. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm just looking at my uh, little setup here. What's not true? Okay, I saw this on Facebook. Speaking of gas ovens, or, well, hmm, interesting. Gas stoves. <laughs> gas ovens puts a certain image in your mind, doesn't it? Especially when you're talking about Republicans. <laughs> I know, that's not fair. But there's a Republican down there in Florida called Ron DeSantis. He's the governor. And he's uh, he's a fearless loser wannabe. And hopefully he'll be just as big a loser. Uh, but uh, he's... He's, uh, you know, he's scaring the old people down in Florida, and, and uh, he's made it so that you get a tax break if you get a, a gas stove, right? Because, you know, because the Dems are coming to take your gas stoves away from you, which they're not, just like they didn't come and take away your cheeseburgers, which the Republicans would get you scared about, you know, like six months ago. All right, so he's done that, and it turns out, at least according to Seth Meyers, <laughs> he's a closer look, the, the, the information they got, the the uh, in Florida, like only eight percent of Floridians own a gas stove. The rest are owning electric. So what's the whatever? But huh, in in my weird sense of, of making sure that the social media isn't lying, which is huh, <laughs> talk about a Sisyphean task. I saw this, and every now and then, I, my skeptical activism says, okay, i got to say something on this. I can't just let this roll. So there was a comment. Somebody shared this on Facebook. It was, it was, I think it was a tweet that they shared from somebody that was quoting Ron DeSantis. I'll read the quote. <clears throat> I mean, look, you can laugh at my taste in music, but you can't deny... That men back then weren't wearing dresses on stage. You'd never see Kurt Cobain or David Bowie dressing like women. This is a quote from Ron DeSantis. And then this post had two pictures. One of Kurt Cobain in a dress and one of David Bowie in a dress. And I looked at that and I said, "My, you know, there's no citation given to the quote. It's just said that, oh, Ron DeSantis said this. 
in the quotes or the comments below is like, oh, this guy. He's, I mean, you can't pick two more, you know, people that have done worn dresses. I mean, David Bowie was the was the was the whole thing of androgyny and all that during his early career. And God digs is this guy, this Ron DeSantis. And I put in a comment saying, did he actually say this? Did Ron DeSantis actually say this? There was no answer come forthcoming from the people who were so upset with Ron DeSantis saying something so asinine. So, I googled. First Google I did. I put in, I wrote DeSantis, Cobain, Bowie. And there were a few hits. And I'm scrolling through and I'm looking and I saw one, and I'll link to it on the show notes, I saw one that seemed promising. And I opened it up and it, the headline was about Ron DeSantis doing a statewide ban on Pink Floyd. The woke Pink Floyd. Why? Because it's the 50th anniversary of, dark, of the release of, of Dark Side of the Moon. It's probably the biggest album of uh, Pink Floyd's career. Uh, it's, it was on the charts for like, I don't know, 30 years. <laughs> it's just people kept buying the damn thing. And the the announcement of the 50th anniversary, they're probably putting out a new edition with outtakes or whatever. Uh, Pink Floyd's official announcement shows a, a, a big number 50 on there, and it's got the little triangle. You know, like on the album cover, there's a little triangle that's a prism, and there's and it, it shows that. And inside, in the interior of the zero of 50, of the 50, is a is a rainbow pattern, and dipshits lost their shit because oh they're woke and they're doing all the LGBTQ thing and oh burr, burr, burr. Uh, guys look at the album cover there's a beam of white light hitting a spec a, a prism which breaks apart you know the different you know, the lights that we can see and we see the rainbow colors Roy G Biv you know red orange yellow green, uh, blue, indigo, and violet. And at the other ends that we can't see, there's infrared, just before red, and there's ultraviolet just after the violet. We can't see those colors. It's because it's not within our visual range. But that's what's happening. They're just picking up on those elements. And maybe there's a certain support of the LGBTQ community. Maybe. But, you know, they're losing their shit. So, so there's this article in quotes, talking about how uh, Ron DeSantis was announcing there'd be a statewide ban on Pink Floyd. I don't know how that was going to work out, but he's doing that. And as you read the article, you realize, oh, this is satire. This is somebody poking fun at DeSantis. And the quote that I read to you comes directly from that post, that blog. comes directly from it. So either... Somebody is too dumb to pick up on satire, too literal to figure it out, and shared that quote because hey, he actually said this. No, he didn't say it. He didn't say it. So then I did a little further searching, uh, expanded the uh, the search to be DeSantis, statewide ban, Pink Floyd, and I got the uh, Snopes.com uh, story that was talking about, no, this, this was satire and all this, you know, that's what it was. And I go back to that post and I said, well, and just the tiniest bit of searching shows that this is satire and Ron DeSantis did not 
say that. And it, the, the comments keep coming in. People just going, Jesus, oh, this guy, this Santa's is so messed up, man. I don't understand him. And I would comment down to them and said, he didn't say it. See my comment above. And I did that like three times. Commenting to somebody who's not paying attention. That wants to, this confirmation bias. Of course Ron DeSantis would say, say something that's stupid. Of course he would, so I'll believe it right away. I just thought, did he really say that? Can that be possible? I mean, because Kurt Cobain, you know, we've seen him in a dress in, like, the, there's a song that Nirvana was doing. I'm sorry, Nirvana. Uh, I'd like to say Nirvana when I say the name of the band. Uh, it, they're doing where they're, they're like, in an old uh, 50s TV show, like, like, Bandstand or something like that, and they're performing, and they're in suits and all that. But then they're intercut with shots with Kurt wearing, with I think all of them, wearing dresses in there. And then, of course, David Bowie, you know, he, yes, he wore a dress. What are you talking about? It just it seemed too obvious, too ham-handed, too uh, uh, too much of a parody to be believed, and it turns out it was. So uh, Ron DeSantis making such an asinine comment about you'd never see Kurt Cobain and David Bowie wearing a dress. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. I'm telling you, cause I'm up here and you're nowhere. It's not true. So there. Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, <laughs> the end of another show. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Remember to be skeptical and to and that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Don't believe everything you read. Look for citations. Even if it fits with your worldview, think about it. I'm going to see if I can get answers about the mask thing. I'll let you know. Uh, and that's, Anyway, this is your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Sims, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by The Yolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell. <laughs>